I'm your host, Madeline, and welcome to The Courageous Podcast, where you will hear inspirational stories of everyday people who will share how they found strength, hope, and faith in the midst of adversity. Let's get ready to be inspired. Today I have Andrea Rojas, a Colombian-American who was born and raised in New York City and now resides in Florida. She is a proud mother of a 12-year-old daughter and an administrative assistant at Robert Half Global, but plans to return to school to pursue her bachelor's degree in art history to one day work as a curator in a museum. She believes that men and women can find healing in community. Amazing, Andrea. I want to welcome you, welcome you to the Courageous Podcast today. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Well, you and I have kind of known each other for quite some time and we weren't able to record back in 2020. So thankfully, I mean, we've stayed in touch and we reconnected this year. And so I'm excited to have you on and share your story. Andrea, you had shared that you are a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And because of what you went through as a young girl, it really impacted the years to come in your life. And so before we get into that, tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Yes. So my parents came to New York in the early 70s. They met in Queens, New York City. I was impacted by the sexual abuse at an early age. That shame began to shape how I saw myself. Later on in my early 20s, I turned to sex addiction to cope with the pain and get away from my feelings. I felt shame from being abused, so I focused on being a very good student and saw that as my worth. And it's interesting because a lot of young women that I've talked to that have faced some type of sexual or or physical abuse say that, you know, they wanted to be a good son or daughter, that they wanted to be a good student, you know, that they always wanted to look good and, and be praised by those around them. And so down the road, you said that you met someone that had experienced maybe some similar hardships. You fell in love and you thought that this person was going to fill the voids uh, that were missing in your life. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I met him at a restaurant in New York City in 2008, where I was a server and then got promoted to manager. He was a chef. And I was attracted to his aura of power. He was dynamic, aggressive, and was talented in the kitchen. And, you know, clients would come up to him and say, this was better than a four-star restaurant. And I was impressed. I'm attracted to powerful men. After dating, we married in 2009, and I got pregnant in 2010. Uh, I was married to this abusive man for about seven years, really the whole marriage. He was an alcoholic and he would come home drunk and then I would need to take care of him. I mean, he would pass out on the floor, pee on himself, you know, it was draining. And it's a shame because you said you did that for the entire time that you were married. And so being someone that was abused, you know, did you feel your life was in danger? Yes, Uh, I suffered anxiety every day for fear that he would kill me and threaten to take my daughter to Mexico. He called me horrific names and broke me down. And many survivors say that, hey, maybe if I get together with him, I could change him. You know, he's been through a lot. I've been through a lot. Did you think that you could really change him? 
Yes, I thought I could change him. I was attracted to quote unquote damaged men because mm. I felt similar and thought he would understand me and vice versa. Uh, I thought deep down he was a good person and I could help him and get him into therapy, etc. I had that rescuer role to me. And so you told me that you didn't feel worthy. So you thought that you had to accept this life because he loves me. That's the best I'm going to get. Why did you think that? Because my self-worth was very low. And deep down, I thought that this is the best that I'm going to get as a man. I didn't think I deserved any better. And then one day you said that something happened after years and years of abuse. Um, and you finally got to this breaking point. Tell me about that. Yes. Um, well, I remember one night he beat me up pretty bad. He saw that I had taken some money out of our joint bank account and inquired about it. I made up a story and he, he didn't believe me. So he slapped me so hard across the face. And then it just, he went on for hours, just hitting, kicking, punching me all over my body. I was exhausted. I was scared and was trying to put him to sleep until he passed out. He finally went to bed. He had taken my phone, so I had to look for it. Uh, I finally found it. It was uh, under the bed. I took pictures of all my bruises, sent it to my Gmail, and put the phone back under the bed. The next morning, he woke up and he talked about getting divorced. He was pretty calm and said he was going across the street with our daughter to a local cafe and would wait for me there. Um, when I went to the cafe... They were nowhere to be found. I didn't have a phone. I was outside in the street, and then there, there happened to be a bunch of NYPD officers there on another incident, and I just yelled, please help me. My husband took my daughter, and he hit me last night. They called him, and he came back within five minutes. Alexandra was okay. Then the officers questioned me and questioned him. They finally put him in handcuffs and arrested him. And then I'll never forget that look he gave me straight in the eyes, like, you finally did it, B. What were you feeling in that moment, you know, thinking, oh, my God, he took my daughter. Where are they? You know, how were you feeling in that moment? I'm feeling terrified. I mean, this is like my nightmare come true. Um, you know, this man is capable of anything, capable of murder, kidnapping. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole nine. And I didn't know what to think. I was... I was pretty scared. And um, so then what did you do right after that incident? Because, I mean, you could have tried to leave at any moment. But that day, you know, there was something different in you. What did you do right after that? Right after he was arrested, I immediately went back home. I packed some essentials. My sister bought me airline tickets, and I flew to Fort Lauderdale Airport. I just want to add, I, I finally felt relieved as soon as I got on that plane Oh, I'm finally out of New York, out of this man's way. And, you know, I'm finally free and safe. Hmm. So it was like getting yeah. out of prison. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking when you were talking, like freedom, freedom, freedom. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. And still, there's got to be a part of you that is still 
worried, right? Thinking like, is he going to find me? Yes. Is he, you know, is he going to look for me? Are we safe? And so I can't even imagine, um, you know, what that felt like. And so, you know, one of the reasons women don't leave is because they need that financial support from their partner. Did you have any decent amount of money or were you just literally broke when you left? I actually had nothing. I had saved up only about $50 or so in my Mm. purse, but I had gone to Safe Horizon and they were going to help me with the shelter and get legal aid for divorce and full custody. I can't even imagine the trauma to your daughter because kids have a way of remembering certain things. You know, does your daughter remember that time in her life and what happened? Yeah, she does. My daughter, Alexandra, does actually remember that day and has nightmares till this day. She doesn't call her father dad. She calls him Willie. She says, Mommy, remember when Willie got arrested and we were put in the back of the police car and then we got on a plane to Florida? Then she bursts into crying and gets very emotional. I mean, so obviously there's still a trauma there. And you had mentioned that you did take her to seek counseling. You know, do you think that that has helped her over time? Yeah, it has helped her a lot because she's able to express her emotions and put a name to what she's feeling and try to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Where before, you know, she was, you know, very confused and just afraid to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like she always comes to me, you know, when she's upset or just for anything to talk. Mm-hmm. So it's only helped her. I'm so glad. Yeah. I mean, it's so helpful to get that type of assistance to kind of help them to cope and hopefully one day not have that sense of fear anymore. And so, you know, as I'm thinking about everything that you went through, you know, what was your motivation to push through all of this adversity, Andrea? Um, God and my daughter, Alexandra. And then looking back, you know, is there anything that you would have done differently on this journey? Yeah, not have gotten involved with someone from work and leaving my abusive marriage a few years sooner. You know, I saw a lot of red flags too. Mm-hmm. I, I could have left then. Right. I could have said, no, I don't want to get involved with this. This is this is too many red flags. But again, I thought, all right, similar pass. Right. Thought I could change him. And I'm sure there's a part of you that thinks like, oh, he's going to change, right? Because there's that hope yes. that we have inside, right? Right. He's He's going to change. He's not that bad. He has his good days and his bad days. But, you know, like you said, he also was damaged and broken. And, you know, when you're going through something like that, it's very difficult to be in a healthy relationship. You need to seek help. I know you've shared your story before, but why did you think it was important to share your story today on Courageous? If I could help or save one life, I have done my share to help. I mean, I know someone out there right now is in pain. As a child getting molested or raped or as an adult in a violent marriage and needing hope to get out, it's really important to get the right resources. What advice would you share with someone who's potentially gone through something like this or is literally in the middle of this situation and doesn't know what to do? What would you say to them right now to encourage them? For child abuse, tell anyone and get help. That's very important. For domestic violence, tell anyone as well. Go to resources like Safe Horizon or a shelter. Start a secret bank account. 
pack a bag with important papers and leave them at the office, tell someone you're planning to leave so they know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, When that day comes, take photos of all your bruises and keep a diary. Finally, get him arrested, file a report, get a restraining order and run. Great advice because I've heard a lot of women talk about going through this. And I mean, they're so terrified that, of course, when you're going through it, you don't even think about having all of these things ready and available so that when you have that opportunity, you can just um, pack up and go. And so, you know, you had said to me that you struggled for a long time with trusting people, having low self-esteem and fear of failure. Mm -hmm. You know, do you still feel like that today? Well, committing to something or a project has been difficult. Um, Trusting people, having low self-esteem and worth and believing in myself has driven my decisions. Not chasing my dreams for fear of failure, but today I know better. I have a better belief in myself and rebuilt my confidence. And now I can still trust people again and finish things. People say, when you know better, you do better. Right. And that's what you've done over the last several years. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, what does life look like today for Andrea Rojas? Madeline, I'm working full time at Robert Half Global as an administrative assistant. I volunteer my time at Empowered Living and surround myself with other mentors and coaches from the John Maxwell team. I'm working on my paintings, started a blog, and just started working on launching a business, a company called Aphrodite Inc., women's nighttime apparel company to empower women of all shapes, sizes, colors, and ethnicities to make them feel beautiful from the inside out. This will align with my nonprofit to empower survivors of child sexual abuse and women who have gone through domestic violence returning their inner pain into beauty. I love that. You know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm always encouraging other men and women to pursue their dreams uh, and walk in their calling. And I see that that's something that you're really passionate about. And I'm excited uh, for you and, and the next chapter. And so what does life look like for your daughter and how is she doing? My daughter just started sixth grade in middle school And she's happy and thriving. We just got our report card, all A's and B's. So she's really, she was really excited about school and her teachers and learning. So, yeah, I mean, and that's what's important is that she's thriving, like you said, and that she's doing well. And so I know that you are a part of a couple different groups that helped you during this time of pain for you and and that you are associated with some really great groups. Did you want to share some of those? Well, you can find me on Facebook at, as Andrea Joanna Rojas. I'm also on Instagram, Aphrodite underscore Inc. I'm also part of uh, several different groups. Um, one is Rachel Grant's uh, Healing from Sexual Abuse. That's an excellent group for people who have gone through child sexual abuse, rape, assault. Yeah, and every day they have daily posts on something you're struggling with, if you want to share something, share your story. Another great group is Solo Dating Challenge Group with Holly Hartman. She's based out of Louisville, Kentucky, but she's also gone through domestic violence with her ex. Um, She's also divorced, but she's also a minister, a life coach. And then another one is Courage 365 Group, with Ashley Easter. She's based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. 
I actually met her at the Courage Conference um, in Orlando. And it's also another sexual abuse, child abuse, incest. So, and they actually just started a support group on Saturdays. We meet like around 1130. And then the final group I'm in is actually Renee Michelle. She's based out of Queensland in Brisbane, Australia. It's called Women Empowering Women from Victim to Victory. And now she's speaking. She wrote a book. Um, She's a rock star. Well, Andrea, this has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the Courageous Podcast. And hey, if you want to catch the entire video of this original podcast, go to Courageous 2020 on Facebook. You can also go to Courageous Podcast with Madeline Hernandez on YouTube. It got some really, really great love and comments. That way you can kind of connect with Andrea and just enjoy the entire conversation. Thanks again, Andrea. Hey, Courageous community. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you were encouraged today. If you have a courageous story or want to connect with today's guest, email us at courageouspodcast2020 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Courageous Podcast. Until next time, continue to be strong and courageous.